The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Good morning. Roto experts. To the end zone. It's The mark of fantasy excellence. You have to be careful about who you think is stepping forward on the depth chart. We're here to help you win your leagues and win that cash. You are now tuned in to the Roto Experts in the morning. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. Rise and shine, fantasy players. It is a beautiful day in the neighborhood. It is Monday, September 10th. Let's cock-a-doodle-doodle. It's Roto Experts in the morning right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm your host, Dane Martinez. They call me Speed the Spitting Statistician. And as always, I'm overjoyed to be joined by my man, FSWA Hall of Famer, El Rey de Fantasia. It is the king, Scott Angle. Scotty, how you feeling after the first slate of Sunday games of the season? Uh, I am feeling, how should I say, uh... I am feeling gleefully exhausted. Gleefully exhausted, absolutely. You know, it is a marathon. Ever since Thursday night when the Falcons and the Eagles got it started, we had what? Let's see. We had another 13 games yesterday, and it ended, you know, with a thriller in Lambeau Field. The Packers win 24-23, to and listen, you know, I don't know if I would go so far like Michaels and Collinsworth were talking about like it was a heroic like uh, Willis Reed kind of performance, but Aaron Rodgers was on the cart in the like first or second quarter. It looked really bad. It was 20 to nothing at one point for Chicago. You know, everyone extolling the virtues of Khalil Mack and what he would do for that defense, but then all of a sudden Aaron Rodgers comes on back and finishes with a great line. He goes 20 of 30, 286 yards, three touchdowns with the big 75-yard touchdown to Randall Cobb to win it um, at the very end here. What did you take away from this game? What I took away from this game, I can understand a Willis Reed comparison because nobody ever comes off the cart. You know, once you're on the cart, you're done, you know, and for who knows how long. And for him to come off the cart, I don't know if I've ever seen that before in all my years of watching football. So it was heroic, you know, certainly in those standards. And 
Uh, I don't know what further testing is going to show with Aaron Rodgers, but certainly good enough to play. We've seen Aaron Rodgers play Gimpy before. Uh, what I took away from it was is that you know the running game still isn't prominent for the Green Bay Packers. They're a pass-first team. Devontae Adams will get his. Randall Cobb will get his. Geronimo Allison is already on the radar and could be a waiver pickup. And uh, unless Jimmy Graham is getting the ball from five yards out, he looks like the same guy that he was in Seattle last year yeah jimmy graham only two catches only eight yards you mentioned the three wide outs you know and it's funny right we spent months scotty talking about guys like jake kumro guys like thomas scantlin equimus st brown you know jamon moore when it comes down to it it's the same old weapons you know Devontae adams gets a touchdown randall cobb gets a touchdown geronimo allison on a Bomb gets a touchdown on the other side of things here, Scott. You know, Chicago Bears, listen, they do look like something of a different offense. I will say that Jordan Howard still getting his volume plays, 82 yards. If you had Tariq Cohen, you had to be a little bit disappointed, only 25 yards on the ground, only three catches for 16 yards. And of these new toys, I mean, Allen Robinson gets 61 yards. But listen, Burton, only one catch. Um, You know, the rookie Miller, only two catches. So while the Bears offense did look a little, you know, did look a little better and Trubisky, even with a little bit of um, work on the ground, they still got a little bit of a work to go, huh? Yeah, they do. It's like they have all these potential weapons. But, you know, Mitch Trubisky is not a guy that, you know, is obviously a gunner, is going to air it out, etc. You know, they looked methodical. So there's the guys who on this Bears roster who have a lot of promise but you don't know what the ceiling or even the floor is every week. Uh, I thought he had a pretty good connection with with Allen Robinson, and that's Mm. going to develop over time. But right now I can't see Robinson as more of a wide receiver three. I'm not going to say four. I don't think he's in that area. I think Trey Burton will eventually get his when the offense becomes more consistent. Jordan Howard's going to get his goal line chances. And uh, Tariq Cohen, look, they they utilized him. It's just he couldn't get off a big play, and that's going to be the thing with Cohen every week. You know, he can score from anywhere on the field, but there's going to be times where he's a little capped. It might be a little boomer bust for Tariq Cohen, but, you know, I still like the guy. Sure, fair enough. Um, here's the thing. You know, we talk about this. We've talked about this, though, Scott, with the Bears offense. We talked about it with a team like, say, the San Francisco 49ers offense. This idea of maybe it's going to take some time to gel. You source some positive things, but there are still, you know, like you said, kind of a work in progress. And we saw that the Green Bay Packers still get a victory. Hey, listen, Scott, I want to ask you about another game. Um, there's a couple of things because there was a couple of, to be quite honest, a couple of uh, good calls that I made in the game. But I wanted to ask. But first, listen, I got to tell people, um, you got to go on over to DailyRoto.com, okay? I mean, DailyRoto.com is where it's at. We've been telling you about the idea of there's $25,000 in free rolls going in there. We've been telling you about, you know, that they have the new betting feature. But, Scott, you know that the winner of the Millionaire Maker – uh, was, in fact, a Daily Roto subscriber, okay? I mean, that's how we do it here. We make people their cash.
Nash, you know, we had someone who had Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback, had Kamara and Connor at running back, had Michael Thomas and Kenny Stills and Deshaun Jackson, who were all catching touchdowns, had Gronk at tight end and fit uh, David Johnson in at the flex with the Miami defense, of course, that had a big kickoff return and that got them the million dollars. So all the more reason to, you know, stay in line with our products, whether it's over at dailyroto.com or whether it is the in-season exclusive edge fantasy football package enter the promo code the king at checkout but that's the game i wanted to go to next this real, Dolphins real quick type- though real, real quick i'm sorry to interrupt you there but when you have a model that can give you the miami defense and ryan fitzpatrick to start that's a difference maker because i don't think anybody doing lineups on their own off the top of their head would have picked up picked off those two selections well, there you go. All the more reason, like you're saying, to go on over to DailyRoto.com and check out our exclusive Edge fantasy football package. Enter the promo code the King at checkout. Scotty, that's the game I want to go to next. Miami Dolphins get a 27-20 win over the Tennessee Titans, and I want to do so for a couple of reasons. One, uh, Marcus Mariota with an elbow. Two, Delaney Walker getting carted off the field late in this game. It looks like it's a really bad ankle injury. Some people are fear that he may be gone for the season. Taylor Lewan, their prized offensive lineman, who I think signed one of the biggest contracts in offensive line history, along with Jake Matthews at some point in the offseason, he got concussed by a crack pack block. Um, and, you know, a lot of people, including some of us here, had the Titans as survivor picks, thought the Dolphins were going to be so bad. But then in a game that, I don't know, took about 10 hours to complete with all of these weather delays, it was there was a delay, Scott, for like four hours, and there wasn't even raining down in South Florida, so that was interesting. But the Dolphins get the win 27-20. What'd you look at? What'd you uh, find in this one? It was interesting how Kenyon Drake only got 14 touches mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, in terms of the running game, and he really didn't do anything in terms of the passing game, and Frank Gore got nine. You know, that I, that was very disappointing. Kenny Stills uh, catching both a short and a long touchdown, and Ryan T- Tannehill mechanically, you know, looked pretty good. And he's going to continue to hook up with Stills, but there's nobody else in that passing game. Derrick Henry was a big disappointment. You know, this was a really good matchup against uh, some linebackers you could take advantage of, but instead, Deion Lewis turned out to be the guy. And we may continue to, to see that trend in the right direction. A decent day for Corey Davis, but Marcus Mariota really doesn't have the connection with him yet. Yeah, Marcus Mariota doesn't have a connection with him yet. Marcus Mariota also wasn't on the field in the second half of this game. If you remember, it was actually Blaine Gabber that took over. We'll get in a little bit of an update on Mariota and the elbow as we move along. But listen, I got to tell you something, Scotty. I hope people were listening to the spitting statistician on this one. I was telling people I liked Kenny Stills. I had Kenny Stills in my DFS lineup. I was telling you about that. He was the number one wide receiver there. He did, in fact, have a good game four catches 106 yards another thing that i know we were saying on this air i'm sure i certainly said it on fantasy freestyle i've been telling people Dion lewis is the back to own in tennessee he out touches henry 21 to 11 do you think that's going to be the way it is moving forward scott lewis over henry in this kind of role especially in ppr formats i don't know if we can say that conclusively yet because, you know, Penry's had one bad game and you can't really overreact to, to things in week one too much. You know, you have mm-hmm. to temper expectations. He's still part of the picture. 
but you know it's it's something to take note of and monitor because it can continue to trend in that direction. I don't think they want Dion Lewis, you know, to be a featured back. I don't think he's built for that. I think he's built for a lot of versatility. So I can't see it yet where you know Dion Lewis is the clear number one. But he's going to continue to outproduce Travis Henry fantasy wise. But I don't think you know the guy's going to suddenly get you know eighteen carries a game. Okay, do you think you're going to have Lewis or Henry ranked higher in your ranks next week? Uh, this week I had Lewis ranked higher. Okay, fair enough. So catches, Henry doesn't. Okay, last thing I want to yeah. ask you about this game. You talk about how we're going to highlight maybe some waiver guys. Listen, with the Delaney Walker injury, listen, the Tennessee Titans, they have been high on Jonu Smith even last year as a kid kind of developing. Do you think that if Walker is out for the rest of the season and it did look pre- pretty gruesome, do you think Jonu Smith has any viability? I mean, Mariota might be a guy who looks to the tight end. This offense is set to have the tight end be a big piece. He's worth a flyer, but opportunity doesn't always lead to production. And, you know, Delaney Walker is a very highly polished, experienced tight end. Uh, you know, whereas Jonu Smith, you know, you don't know what you get with him when he steps forward and has to play extensively in the regular season, and he's only a second-year tight end. So, you know, there's a lot of skepticism. The, the Talent-wise, yes, but look at O.J. Howard. He's the most talented guy, uh, you know, that, that we've seen in the last two years come out of college and only two catches for 54 yards yesterday when they rolled up all that those points. So John o. Smith may be a pickup in a larger league, but I'd have to see it to believe it first. Okay, you mentioned O.J. Howard as they rolled up all of those points. Let's go there, Scotty. The Tampa Bay Bucks knock out a ton of people in Survivor and really the surprise of the week. And it's always funny. I mean, they literally had the biggest point spread. They were the biggest underdog of week one. I saw them at some places as a double-digit underdog, but they get it done 48-40 in the Dome. Ryan Fitzpatrick and Drew Brees combined to put up over 850 yards of combined passing. Listen, Deshaun Jackson with a huge game, five catches, 146 six yards, two touchdowns. That's why we say Deshaun Jackson is a quote-unquote best ball target, right? Because he's going to have games like this. But unfortunately, he, it looks like, gets concussed um, a little bit later on in the game. So we'll worry about that later on in the week when we talk about kind of adjustments and injuries. Maybe our guy Chris Godwin could be in line for a bigger role. But listen, with a game that has 88 total points, there are going to be some big performances, Scott. We talked about both quarterbacks breeze putting up 439 and three ryan fitzpatrick part of the millie maker putting on 417 and four but both number one wide receivers have huge games in this game as well scotty mike evans seven for 147 and a tud michael thomas 16 catches for 180 yards and a tud and alvin kamara shows that he is still good at football as well what'd you take from this one scotty what I take from this one? Yeah. What a shock! What a shock! You know, especially with the Saints defense. If you are on ESPN, you had minus mm-hmm. three. If you are on Yahoo, you had I saw minus, it at minus four. seven at some minus settings. Four. Yeah, it depends on what what your settings were. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's very interesting because 
last year, Drew Brees didn't have to gun like this because you know, the Saints' defense and running game didn't dictate that. We saw hardly any carries from Alvin Kamara and the running backs because they fell behind. If the defense is going to play like this again, Drew Brees could return to be a top four fantasy quarterback. And you know, are they going to tighten things up? Let this this week even even Marshawn Lattimore was getting burned this week. So you know, not good. Uh, you know, we still really didn't see like a number two wide receiver step forward all preseason. Yeah, you know, across from Michael Thomas, but here comes Ted Ginn with a long touchdown. Maybe he's still fantasy viable, but only if this team has to gun it a lot. You know, was this illusion or not? We're going to find out quickly in week two. On the Tampa Bay side, Pey- Peyton Barber couldn't get on track, but he didn't have to. Deshaun Jackson had a big game, but then he suffered a concussion. Uh, with Deshaun Jackson, though, it's like... You know, if everything turns out with the concussion test, I'd trade him because I've seen this too many times in the past where he has a big game and then he's just so inconsistent. Even in his right. prime, I still – Chris Godwin didn't put up those type of numbers. The the two of them, I think, you know, it's, it's going to be almost like a timeshare, like that number two wide receiver, and it's going to be troubling. Uh, you know, didn't see enough from the tight ends. Mike Evans with a very, very encouraging game. Last time he went to New Orleans – uh, he was held from one catch for 13 yards, only six right. for 66 in two games last year, and he had a terrific performance. And what I'm wondering is now, do we have a quarterback controversy in Tampa Bay? Look, Ryan Fitzpatrick had a dud of a year the last year with the Jets, mm-hmm. but that year that they won 10 games, you saw him play well. He's capable mm-hmm. of doing it. Yeah, I think that's a very interesting situation, especially if the Bucks continue to surprise. And listen, we've talked about, is Jameis Winston a leader among men? If they continue to sling it, maybe Ryan Fitzpatrick is there holding uh, holding the job and, 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 and Jameis Winston continues to hold the clipboard. I remember Mike Evans, you know, remember also expressing frustration in New Orleans last year. Remember him and Marshawn Lattimore getting into it a little bit. Jameis coming off the sidelines. In fact, so, you know, those division matchups usually have are a little high strung, a little bit back and forth. And this one was no different. All right. So, yeah, I agree with you on the Deshaun Jackson call. Right. The stock is going to be probably as high as it's ever going to be on Deshaun Jackson. Don't forget, we have been talking about Chris Godwin as a wide receiver to note. And if the Bucks are going to be slinging it like this, then it the passing offense can sustain some more production. And Godwin had his three catches four. 41 yards and a touchdown. Maybe he is in line for uh, some better work moving forward. We certainly like him. Listen, I got to tell people Fantasy Factor is the only exclusive single entry DFS site. They've got free rolls registering all the time. And go on over to their free $1 million survivor contest opening. It's open right now. Check it out at fantasyfactor.com. When we come back, listen, we're going to go over some other games. There's a few other games that I think are very important because some important injuries were sustained in that one and we'll kick that off on the other side of the break with the jaguars and the g-men and if tj yeldon needs to be in your lineups moving forward it's dana and scott we are off because ain't nobody loves you better than roto experts in the morning and the award-winning fantasy sports radio network come on right back
one. Like a great pass rusher, the Roto Experts will help you sack your fantasy football competition. When you register for their exclusive Edge Fantasy Package, you get a cheat sheet generator plus a player database with sortable projections and rankings from the best in the business. And you can join the fantasy conversation in the 24-7 Slack chat channel. Visit rotoexperts.com to register for the exclusive Edge Fantasy Package and enter the promo code FNTSY and you get a 10% discount. That's the rotoexperts.com exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package promo code FNTSY. Welcome back. It is Roto Experts in the Morning right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Spitting statistician and El Rey de Fantasia. We're trying not to overreact here on what is officially Overreaction Monday. Although there yep. is a chance that Jameis Winston continues to hold the clipboard if Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to go into a division opponent on the road and put up 417 touchdown, uh, yards and four touchdowns. But I digress. Hey, uh, well, One thing real quick. Sorry. Yeah, sorry, yeah, uh, yeah, Dave, yeah, though. Yeah. Sorry. We talk about divisional games. And I was mm-hmm. you try to predict how things are going to go, and sometimes mm-hmm. it's low scoring. Sometimes it's high scoring as well, you know, like we saw with Kansas City, you know, beating, beating the Chargers for the ninth straight sure. time. So divisional games don't always go to the chalk. And like you said, you can't overreact. You know, I'll be interested to hear the fantasy football frenzy today and mm-hmm. uh, what excuses Corey is going to make because he's about 65 points behind me going into Monday night. My quarterback didn't even play yet, so... There you go. Cry about Le'Veon Bell, and uh, you know it doesn't matter who's going to be there in December. I'm the defending champion to make the playoffs, and I owned you again. Uh, Scotty taking the chance to uh, you know get in when he can with a uh, one nothing you know with a one zero record. Uh, I've got plenty of teams that are going to be one and zero. I got some teams that are going to be zero and one. Eleven Good and thing. five against him all time after this, I, and I, I had to res- I had to respond to the doctored promo that we just heard, which didn't even get my my uh, my insights in about how I should be there in December. I'm the defending champion to make the playoffs. Thank you. Goodbye. Let's move on. Okay, well, there you go. We can move on at this point. But before we do, i got to let people know BetDSI is celebrating 20 years as the industry's biggest and safest betting site. They have great customer service and fast, easy payment of winnings. You can play virtually every sport at BetDSI with hundreds of wagering options, including live in-game wagering on all major sporting events where you can make your play at any time during the game. Scotty, I know we were focused on football, but I don't know if you saw it. Maybe you could have made a play in the middle of that Serena Williams U.S. Open final that was getting a lot of controversy as well. Bet DSI runs sign-up and deposit promotions year-round for a limited time using promo code FANTASY, F-N-T-S-Y. Bet DSI is offering $2,500 bonus on your first deposit, so use the promo code F-N-T-S-Y and try BetDSI.com. Scotty, before the break, we were talking about, um, I mentioned Leonard Fournette as someone who, uh, you know, potentially is uh, going to cause you some angst as we move on in this season because he's got a hamstring injury. They haven't said much about it. Marone said he's optimistic about next week. But as we know, Leonard Fournette has a history of lower body injuries and a hamstring can linger. Just look what happened with Marlon Mack in the Indianapolis Colts. Was still inactive after about a month. We don't know the degree of it. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. But the Giants do get a 20 to 15, excuse me, the Jags do get 
get a 20 to 15 victory over the New York Giants. Although Saquon Barkley did in fact flash and show people why he was the number two pick overall with a 60 plus yard touchdown scamper. Yeah, he did. And, you know, with, uh, with Saquon Barkley, you know, you're going to hear some fantasy analysts say, well, if you only take already the 68 yards, he only had this. That's not how fantasy works. You know, very talented running back who earned that. You know, it's, it was an up-and-down day in terms of the carries, but that's how it works for an NFL running back. You'll, you'll see them lose yards. You'll see them two, three yards, and then all of a sudden they break a long run there, and that's what makes Duke Saquon Barkley who he is. At any time, he can, he can make two people miss and take off on the corner from 68 yards, and maybe we haven't even seen the best of him yet. So I don't want to hear that nonsense that if you take away the 68-yard run, he would have only had something like 40-something yards. That's, that's just a nonsensical line of analysis period you know and uh you know in terms of the passing game i think you know we learned something like people were fearing for odell beckham yesterday and it, it teaches you two lessons like number one guys are superstars because in the best matchups they still produce secondly when it's a tough defensive matchup you know the defense doesn't always win 11 catches for 111 yards for odell yeah, absolutely. A lot of people were worried about this kind of matchup with Jalen Ramsey, but Odell Beckham continues to deliver. If you started him, you are happy you did. But here's one thing I want to ask Jaylen you. Jalen Ramsey doesn't always travel, too. That's what yeah, you got to remember. Yeah. Well, one thing I want to ask you about the Giants passing game all offseason, I told you guys that I was a little bit worried about Evan Ingram, that I was a little bit worried about Evan Ingram because he, you know, did his work at the end of last season, bucking the trend of rookie tight ends when there wasn't Odell, when there wasn't Saquon, when there wasn't Sterling Shepard, and that I was going to be a little bit worried about his share of opportunity moving forward with these guys back. You mentioned Odell, 11 catches, Shepard gets five, Barkley gets some, Evan Ingram, though, only two for 18. Um, I know we don't overreact. This is overreaction Monday. I'm not trying to make too big of a deal of it. But, you know, this was one of my concerns with Evan Ingram going into the season. I mean, listen, Scott, Eli Manning completes 23 balls, you know, half of them to really Odell Beckham. Evan Ingram only two for 18. I'm a little worried that um, his decreased target share is something Ingram owners have to be worried about moving forward. Am I crazy? No, you're not crazy. He put up a lot of numbers last year with Odell out, so it, you know, it makes a lot of sense. You know that, and Saquon Barkley is going to catch the ball out of the backfield. Sterling Shepard is still involved. You know, maybe he's not a top five tight end this year. You know, maybe he's more of a top ten guy. We haven't seen the last of Evan Ingram. You know, that was a tough matchup against those linebackers and those safeties. Sure. You know, he was concussed in the preseason, so. I think we react, but we don't overreact. You know, this is this is not a guy who's maybe going to finish top five, but maybe he's going to finish top eight, top ten. Sure, still a tight end one moving forward. If you have him, you're still starting him. But just something to keep an eye. It was on Speed's radar, so hopefully it was on your radar as well here on Roto Experts in the Morning. On the other side of this game, Scott, we got to ask, you know, listen, is TJ Yeldon – um, I mean, he was probably on people's radar. We were recommending him as a handcuff if you had Leonard Fournette. And this is a guy who we have seen in limited action in fill-in duty do a representative job before Scotty. 14 carries, 
51 yards. He also catches three balls for 18 yards and a touchdown. Talk to me. I know we don't know just yet, but talk to me about your level of concern with any injuries around Leonard Fournette in the lower body. And uh, from the waiver perspective, is he's a, if he's available for you, how much of your fab budget? Are you pulling the trigger on a guy like TJ Yeldon waiver wire because of what seems to be Leonard, for, Leonard Fournette getting banged up a lot? Yeah, I I didn't have any shares of Leonard Fournette this year because he's got a lot of injuries dating back to college and always gets banged up. We even saw it last year. You should have had Yeldon already. If you didn't, right. it's, it's, it's your fault. Some some guys are less durable and you need the handcuff, and this is where an instance is. Now, people wanted in the daily in the uh, in the Roto Expert Slack chat. You know, last night they wanted instant answers about you know what was you know what was the status, and instant answers don't exist for the fantasy community on a Sunday night. You know, very often. Uh, when a guy's got to undergo tests. So we got to wait and see what's going to happen here. But a hamstring injury can linger. So, you know, whether you have him or whether you don't, it's, it's, especially if you do have him, if I have a $100 budget, you know, I'm I'm bidding like a good 40 dollars you know, to get TJ Yeldon. I'm not spending my entire season budget because, you know, you have to manage throughout the season. And, you know, I can't spend seventy, eighty dollars on one guy. Hopefully, you got another good running back on your bench. Yeah, I was gonna. I I personally was gonna say maybe thirty five percent. You're saying around forty percent. So we're in the same ballpark, right? But uh, we do think Yeldon could be viable moving forward as a piece, whether you're a Fournette owner or not. Okay, because Leonard Fournette is going to kind of he does take a lot of wear and tear. He's had lower body injuries all the way back since high school. A couple more games I want to get into here in this segment. Scotty, and I'm kind of leading with guys who got a little bit banged up so we could talk about the game, talk about some of the injuries you need to have on your radar, and at the same time give you an early preview of some names we're going to be talking about tomorrow's show when we give you more of our in-depth waiver wire look. I want to go over to Carolina where you mentioned it before and you're what can only be a consistent back and forth with you and the fantasy executive Corey Parsons. The Panthers beat the Cowboys 16-8. to Now here's the thing. Scotty, I've been talking about how important offensive line play is until the cows come home on this network. And I said the Cowboys offensive line is one that worried me. Ezekiel Elliott, 15 carries for 69 yards. Not a horrible game, but also not not any kind of like studly performance. And if they don't have studly performances out of Zeke Elliott, with Dak Prescott that guy that can and make the receivers around him better. I'm not so sure. The security blanket Cole Beasley gets seven for 73. But outside of that, this Cowboys offense looked like it was in neutral. Yeah, it is. You know, he only had seven carries for 18 yards in the first half. You can't say the touchdown saved him. You know, that's another line of analysis, you know, that I think is a little ridiculous because, you know, he did earn the touchdown. It was it was a nice run. The only points of the day. But, you know, this Carolina defense, even without Thomas Davis, was pretty formidable. And it, it, the Cowboys right now are easy to defend. Even with a good offensive line, you know, you could load the box. Now, look, against Adrian Peterson in the past, when he had bad quarterbacks, you know, in his prime, they would load the box. He'd still get his. 
we we haven't seen whether Ezekiel Elliott can do that to that level or not. So it's concerning. You know, they can, every defense can really focus on Ezekiel Elliott because you know you saw Dak Prescott. Look, he was trying to go through his progression several times yesterday, and nobody was open. You know, this is the worst receiving crew in the NFC, and they look like it, and it's going to affect the whole team. Yeah, I mean, like I mentioned, outside of Cole Beasley and his 73 yards, you didn't want anybody. You know, the the free agent Alan Hearns, one catch, 20 yards. People worried about the rookie Michael Gallup, one catch, nine yards. So they got some work to do, um, you know, to figure out how to loosen up this offense. On the other side, I mentioned, listen, the Panthers get their 16 points, but they may have lost their tight end. Greg Olson goes out with that foot, the same foot that he broke last year. He was seen on crutches. Um, I know, Scott, one of the kind of rookie sleepers that you have been talking about, deep sleepers, has been Carolina tight end Ian Thomas. He does get into the game late. He's got two catches, only four yards. I wonder, could you see a bigger role from him? Because, listen, for the, the, the Carolina wide receivers, you know, outside there's McCaffrey, who we know, but the number one wide receiver, Funches, only catches three balls. You know, I mean, it was really McCaffrey and then the tight ends, you know, McCaffrey in the run game as well. Cam Newton, his usual self as an option in the run game. But uh, could there be an opening for your guy Ian Thomas here? And th- does it look because it looks to me like Greg Olson might miss some time. Yeah, Ian Thomas did flash during the preseason, but again, I got to temper expectations with rookie tight ends. I would take a small flyer on him if you have the the room, but just sort of monitor the situation here. And probably like what we saw last year when Olsen went down, Devin Funches stepped forward as more of a pass catcher here. And I think that's what you're going to see. This team's going to be heavy Christian McCaffrey, uh, no matter anything. And look, I just don't think Cam Newton is a prolific passer. He's very dangerous in a lot of ways and well, well-rounded. But you know, he's never going to put up excellent passing numbers. And you know, I think that's going to affect the ceiling of any of the receivers. He may have the most talented receiving crew going into the season with Greg Olson. But you know, now it takes something of a downgrade. And I don't think you're ever going to see, you know, any any Carolina receiver jump off the page at you. Yeah, and I don't know if you're going to see any fantasy owner that wins their matchup in week one. Unfortunately, if they started Doug Baldwin over in Seattle as the Seattle Seahawks down in Denver, they go down in what is a pretty close game, 27-24. I believe the point spread was also like Denver minus two and a half. So, you know, that's part of the reason they keep on building those buildings over there in the desert in Las Vegas. But here's what I want to ask you. We know Doug Baldwin was going to be, what, 80-85% with that knee It's Sounds like he uh, dinged up the other knee. Uh, Brandon Marshall then gets the touchdown. Tyler Lockett gets the touchdown. This causes me great concern for Doug Baldwin if he's banged up on both sides and it's only week one, Scotty. To your first point, you can't assume that people don't win the matchup just because they get a zero because I won with Doug Baldwin in one of my leagues. Of course not. It's it's just a transition, Scott. That's all it is. Come on. Well, you know what, though? The, you said it, and I had to challenge it because I got the proof. Um, <laughs> okay. But, but uh, as, far as, as far as Baldwin goes, uh, you know, now two knees are a problem, so you're going to have to look to replace him in your lineup. Brandon Marshall is healthy. 
And when he caught that jump ball over Xavier Rhodes in the preseason, that was a big sign. You know, against a really good cornerback. And, you know, Russell Wilson sailed it to him perfectly in the end zone yesterday. Russell Wilson loves to throw the 50-50 ball. So I said Brandon Marshall or Jerron Brown, I said it last week, I, you know, before the season started, one of these guys could end up as a waiver pickup. And now Brandon Marshall, uh, you know, is the guy who's going to, end up, you know, being added to a lot of rosters because he's going to play a prominent role. And look, Tyler Lockett can't stay healthy either. So, you know, I, I'm keeping my eye on Jerron Brown, maybe keeping him rostered in deeper leagues because at some point, Russell Wilson's top receivers might be Doug, might be Brandon Marshall and Jerron Brown with those other two guys being hurt. The bad thing for the Seahawks is is no uh no team that Brandon Marshall has ever been rostered on in the NFL has made the playoffs, so that's a bad thing. All right, we'll talk about the team that won this game, the Denver Broncos. Case Keenum, 329 yards, three touchdowns in his debut for the Denver Broncos. And similar, we said it on this air, Scotty. We thought Manny Sanders was going to have a big-time bounce-back year. He was looking good in the preseason, looked to be the Denver wide receiver to own, and he responded. Ten catches, 135 yards, and a touchdown. I got to ask you about this, though, Scotty, on the Broncos' side. We knew about the rookie Royce Freeman. We were worried about maybe the timeshare there with Devontae Booker, but it's somebody else. Lindsey comes out of nowhere, 15 carries, 71 yards. Talk to me about this kid. Yeah, Philip Lindsey, you know, maybe they found the compliment. It's not Devontae Booker to Royce Freeman. Uh, it drove Royce Freeman owners kind of crazy, but he was able to ratchet up his numbers a little bit. You know, this is guys, another guy in a Tariq Cohen, Darren Sproles kind of, kind of, kind of mold here. Uh, you know, who's going to have some good games some weeks, but I think he's only like 5'6", 180, so I wouldn't expect it consistently. We saw the best and worst of Case Keenum that I think that's who he really is, but he's going to be throwing a lot to Emmanuel Sanders this year. And one more thing on the other side, which we did fail to men- which I did fail to mention, was, uh, you know, rookie tight end Will Disley with 105 yards and a touchdown, uh, wearing Jimmy Graham's old number and looking better than he did. He's going to be a hot pickup, but, you know, this could be a guy that just flashes in week one and you might be cutting by week three. There you go. My friend, the King Scott Angle, making sure to get all that Seattle Seahawks analysis in. When we come back, when we find out a couple things, one, what kind of leverage does Le'Veon Bell have at this point? On the one side, his Steelers didn't get a win, but on the flip side, it looks like they're set at the running back position. We'll talk about that and a couple of notes on what we expect out of not one, but two Monday night football games to close out week one when we come back. It's the Spittin' Statistician and the King on Roto Experts in the Morning on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Come on right back. If you want to join the show, we'll have the phone lines open as well, 844 844- 8436879 come on right back as we talk what it's like to kiss your sister in the rain in Cleveland dailyrodo.com learn from the game's best dfs players we don't just give you premier advice we play every day all major sports all year round we never stop industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com.
welcome back to Roto Experts in the Morning right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I keep on getting these overreaction questions. You know, literally, Scott, I got questions during Sunday Night Football about who, like, should people try to trade Aaron Rodgers? You know, like, oh, my God, look at these quarterbacks that are left on my waiver wire with Rodgers gone. And my response to some people were just like, um, he's back. Don't worry about it. You know what I mean? It's just like such overreaction stuff. That's why, to be honest, Scotty, I go dark from social on social media on Sunday. I tell people that unless they're like on my Patreon, I'm not responding to them at all. But there was listen, one of the games that I think there's going to be a lot of talk about, both in terms of what happened, some of the decisions made in that game, and what it means for some folks moving forward is the tie. People kiss their sister in Cleveland as the Steelers and the Browns tied 21-21 in a game that the Steelers were up 21 to 7 and had an opportunity to salt away. Everybody's talking about James Conner, and boy, am I glad that I had him everywhere. I had Lev Bell as he runs for 135 yards and two touchdowns. He also has five catches for 57 yards in the passing game. Listen, not as quote unquote patient as Lev Bell, but he's got better speed than Lev Bell. James Conner, I remember, Scott, I asked you this exact question. I said, what happens to Le'Veon Bell's leverage when James Conner runs for 137 yards and two touchdowns? That was exactly what I asked you, and he pretty much did that exact thing. What do you think this means for the Steelers? What does this mean for James Conner? What does this mean for Le'Veon Bell? Read these tea leaves, Scotty. Well, what it means for James Conner is, you know, this is why the Steelers drafted him last year, because eventually they saw they'd be parting ways with Le'Veon Bell, and they knew who they were getting. You know, that the, the guy's been a great story, et cetera. You know, we saw he ran well behind a terrific offensive line yesterday to put him in position for two scores, although, you know, one was a short score. The other one, you know, was a, little, a lot what James Conner did. So mm-hmm. uh, the, the Steelers are feeling good about it. Uh, as far as with Le'Veon Bell, though, he probably still thinks, and we're only speculating here about what leverage he kind of thinks he has here. He said, well, you know, he's still not me. He still can't do that every week because, you know, he just did it one time. You know, Le'Veon Bell may continue to sit out because – even if the Steelers have James Conner, Le'Veon Bells know that there's a lot of other teams on the market that want him. I think from a fantasy perspective, you wonder you know, what to do with James Conner. Should you trade him right now? Right. Because if you're thinking that Bell thinks he's lost his leverage, he's going to come back. Uh, but I, would, I wouldn't necessarily because what did you spend for James Conner? Maybe a, maybe a ninth, tenth round pick? Continue to use him. And right. if Le'Veon Bell reports late, he could be an injury risk, and you could see James Conner starting again down the line at some point. Now, look, every offer has to be considered, but I wouldn't go aggressively out trying to trade him. Look, I had him in my lineup week one in one of, one of my, my celebrity leagues, and because of that, he won. You know, he could help me win week two, week three. You know, that's all important. Every game counts. Yeah, I agree with you, Scotty. This is a situation, for me at least, where I'm squeezing every last drop out of the orange. You know what I mean? I'm going to use this James Conner until I see Le'Veon Bell has not only reported but has kind of like reassumed his role. Let's say he walks in like on a, on a Thursday or Friday going into week two. I think it's going to be a timeshare that first week, and I'm okay with the timeshare of these two backs for like one week, you know? So I'm, I'm loving me some James Conner. I got to tell you something also, Scotty. On 
the other side of this game, you know, there's all this, you know, oh, Baker Mayfield, the number one pick during hard knocks. It was like, oh, Baker Mayfield looks great. Oh, Baker Mayfield's going to get starts this year. Our boy, Terod. I mean, Terod pretty much kept these the Browns in this game, gritted it out. We saw his potential rushing in a game where it is wet and raining. He runs for 77 yards and a touchdown, making his fantasy day look good. He did throw a pick, which is unusual for Terod. But listen, you know, his, his line doesn't look great. 15 of 40 for 197, did have the touchdown, ran for 77. But the other thing I'm going to say here, it is once again, I believe Terod proves that he is one of the top, you know, 20 to 25 quarterbacks on the planet. And he is someone who can win games in the NFL, taking a team that hasn't won, you know, at once in the last 32 to a comeback tie, which doesn't sound great, but it is a step forward for these Cleveland Browns. These Browns are going to be competitive all season long, Scotty. That was a very, uh, you know, just a very picturesque touchdown run. But other yeah. than that, I don't, I don't think Terod really played that well. You know, you huh. talked about the completions, and he was under a lot of pressure all day. Uh, you know, and I think that was a part of it. I wasn't overly impressed by by the performance. And when you say no. top twenty, twenty five, you know, that's not, you know, to me, that's not terrific. You say top fifteen, which I think he could be. I think, I think he's more impressed. I think it was a very up and down, erratic performance. But look at the Browns; they they improved. They didn't lose. So you know, I, I think I think late he brought them back, but in the first half, I don't think he looked good at all. Yeah, but Scotty, if Cody Kessler, if Deshaun Kaiser is quarterbacking the Browns yesterday, they do not win this game. They do not tie yeah, but this com- game. Com- comparing to Rod to to those guys is neither here or there. You know, I mean, you know, you could pick somebody outside of the restaurant right now, and you know, in you know, in the studio, that's probably better than than those guys. What I'm saying is, you know, I expect better from Toronto. Was I wasn't as impressed as you were. I think it's an up and down performance. Obviously, he's better than those guys, but you know, I think I think I wanted to see a better performance as a passer. All right. Um, listen, Scotty. Two, you know, the Browns. This is an NF. Uh, excuse me, an AFC North game. Pittsburgh and Cleveland. Last thing that was struck me. You know, we were talking about two other AFC North teams over the preseason who we thought kind of uh, impressed us as maybe having a brighter outlook than we originally thought going into the preseason, and that was the Cincinnati Bengals and the Baltimore Ravens. I had the Baltimore Ravens as my survivor pick. The only one of us left standing. They dominate 47 to 3 with Joe Flacco having three touchdowns and then Cincinnati we talked about how they looked better and better throughout the preseason I had them plus three points going into Indianapolis they get the win outright um Listen, Andy Dalton, 243 and two touchdowns. Joe Mixon, though, uh, we've been talking about how he looks really good and how he may be a force in the AFC rushing race. Um, Both the Bengals and the Ravens continued what looked like optimistic preseasons for me, both of them starting 1-0. and Um, You're encouraged by what you saw by the Bengals and the Ravens, Scotty? Uh, with the Bengals, I, you know, Andy Dalton was such a popular DFS play. He had a solid yep. but unspectacular game. I think people were expecting better. 
Uh, John Ross did have the touchdown, but not in terms of much yardage. Joe Mixon showing who he is. Maurice Jones-Drew thinks on NFL.com yep. thinks that he's going to show these elite running back. You know, uh, you know Giovanni Bernard kept getting stuffed in the backfield you know, to the point where, like, I'm starting to wonder is Joe Mixon going to play three downs? You know, as far as the That's Ravens right. go, you know, the easiest survivor pick in history. Uh, you know, you, you saw that. Too comment. bad you I didn't make it. <laughs> you know, well, I think anybody could have made that one. You know, but you I did not. But, more, but you did not. I think I wanted to be a little bit more challenging. Bavona did my, not. It's so my easy, cat but you didn't made do that it. pick. But you're eliminated. You're out, though, Scott, after there. week one. Okay, but you're yeah, out but after you, week one, you, Scott. Okay. You're out. You know, well, you're out. Anybody, anybody could have made that. <laughs> Except right. you didn't make it. I don't know what you cast. Could have. Well, you're not Could have, would have, should have. You didn't make it. Go go pat yourself on the back for that one. Um, okay, but we're anyway, going to talk about the ones, anyway, the anyone ones, that you the lose, you're going to say there's no cash in it. Go ahead. Go ahead, Scott. Yeah, well, it, it didn't, so it didn't matter. But uh, look, Alex Collins, one big concern yesterday. He did have the touchdown, but he only rushed for seven yards. He was getting continually stuffed in the backfield yesterday, so that's a concern. you got to see him play better in week two. And John Brown is, like, really emerging for Joe Flacco. He likes him a lot. He was actually his number one receiver during the preseason. John Brown's worth a pickup, but he's dangerous. You know, we've seen him be inconsistent in the past. All right, and then I got to ask you this. This last game, it was a divisional game out west, the Chargers and the Chiefs. Listen, we were telling you that the Chargers and Phillip Rivers was going to feast on the Kansas City pass defense, and boy, did he ever. He put it up 51 times, Scotty, 424 yards and three touchdowns. But on the other side, I got to tell you something. Honestly... Scott, if Patty Mahomes is going to get credit for those little pop passes to Tyreek Hill that are coming around, if he's going to get credit for touchdowns and passing yards on all those little shovel passes to Tyreek Hill, we may have to bump him up because he winds up with four touchdowns as the Chiefs announce themselves. Their offense looks like it's going to be uh, a lot to handle under Andy Reid. Yeah, I had him as top 12 yesterday. I actually... One of my leagues, I picked him up over waivers and started him over Andrew Luck yesterday. And uh, I got a good good chuckle out of those, you know, those little shovel passes yesterday. But look, you know, this guy is a gunner. He's not going to run out of bounds. He's going to point yep. down the field and try to get and sling it. open. He's going <laughs> to throw Hail Marys with three seconds left in the half. You know, this guy is a gunner. And if Tyreek Hill gets one, two steps on a defensive back, he's going to bomb it. And, you know, this is going to be quite a combination going forward uh, because the Chiefs are just not going to play good defense all year. Uh, very disappointed with the uh, performances of Tariq Hunt, Kareem Hunt and Travis Kelsey. But if you find a panicky owner on these guys, you know, swoop in and make a trade here. Sammy Watkins, once again, you know, Sammy Watkins, we hear this every year, still look like the Sammy Watkins from Los, from Los Angeles Last year, and had a one wide open, had a pass clang off his hands. So, you know, I'm still not buying in on Sammy Watkins. Uh, you make an interesting point I want to follow up on here, Scotty. Kareem Hunt, 16 carries, 49 yards. But I guess, you know, and I don't want to overreact here, but A, Spencer Ware was on the field a little bit. But B, and what I think is more important is – your, your point about Patty Mahomes gunning it, right? Patty, unlike Alex Smith, who was like got the moniker of the checkdown guy, right? You know, 
Patty Mahomes is going to roll out and and try to find someone on a breakout play, and he's got guys to do it. The Sammy Watkins, the Tyreek Hill. Is that cause for, I don't want to overreact, but a little bit of concern that the Chiefs offense may just look different uh, this year under Patty Mahomes and in a direction that moves a little bit away from the crazy production Kareem Hunt got his rookie year? Look, I said in the preseason Mahomes could have a, a game like this, right? And then the following week, one touchdown, four interceptions. He's going to have to get the other people involved. Because like you saw with Deshaun Watson yesterday, who just kept looking for the big play and didn't go through his progressions, if you're going to look to gun it on every single play, it's not going to work every week. You have to throw the high percentage passes to keep the ball moving when some better defenses, and we thought this was going to be a better defense, don't give you the long ball. But in a divisional game, anything can happen here. But if Mahomes is going to continue to try to do this every week, he's got to adjust. Otherwise, he's going to be more consistent. Teams are going to try to do what they can to take away the deep ball, you know, sag back and maybe let the middle of the field be open, and he has to be prepared for that. All right, and then Scotty, listen, you know, we'll we'll touch on some of these other games maybe a little bit uh, tomorrow as we go deeper into the waiver wire pickups, but the Patriots get off on the good foot, beating the Houston Texans 27-20. Other games we didn't touch on, the Minnesota Vikings get off on the good foot. I know they are your, I believe, your NFC representative, giving Jimmy G his first loss ever as a starter. We talked about most of these other games. Washington gets a W in Arizona, and of course, the brilliant performance by Aaron Rodgers on Sunday Night Football. But we got two more games that happen tonight as we close out week one. First thing, uh, Lions and Jets, what are you looking for? I'm looking to see if Kerryon Johnson can come out of obscurity. I think they're kind of keeping him under the radar. He didn't get a ton of touches, but I think it's because they know he's explosive and they don't want to kind of let the cat out of the bag. What do you think happens with these Detroit running backs tonight, Scotty? I think, you know, it's Karrion Johnson outside the 20s. Blunt Hmm. is the goal line hammer. I'm looking for a big game from Golden Tate in the slot tonight. On the other side of the ball, I think Quincy Inunua is a sneaky play uh, because Sam Darnold's going to take what the defense gives him. And I think a lot of Bilal Powell tonight. Okay, a lot of boom, boom, be loud, pow, pow. And then in the late game, we got a, uh, you know, we're over in uh, California, the Oakland Raiders and the Los Angeles Rams in a game that many people, maybe some people have the Rams in Survivor. Many people are betting the Rams as road favorites. I am among them. Uh, Does Todd Gurley go off tonight? Uh, of course he's going to get his. Uh, at receiver, Cooper Cup, I think it's the most catches. Brandon Cooks averaged nearly 25 yards a catch when he torched uh, this team last year. Uh, but I don't think the Raiders are going to lay down here. You know, if the Rams are going to score some points, everybody talks about the Rams' defense. Their linebacking crew is not the best. Uh, you know, that, that team were able to run on them last year. So you're going to see a pretty good game from Marshawn Lynch as long as everything goes okay with his groin and warm-ups. And, I, you know, a tough matchup for Amari Cooper. But, again, right. you know, the defense doesn't always win the matchups. And I think Derek Carr is going to have something to say. Remember, let's remember, Greg Olson was the quarterback's coach for the Rams last year. So he knows something about their playbook defensively. 
Okay, that that is very very interesting. So maybe uh, Scotty's saying that this game may be a little bit closer than others uh, may think. Scotty, I gotta say, uh, Blue it and you know Blue it and I making our picks so far this week. You know we pick, we said we would pick three games against the spread. Blue it and I both are one and one with the Rams left to go. You guys, you've made your picks already. All those games have happened. Unfortunately, you're just slightly under five hundred at one and two, but that's okay. We get right back on the good foot on um, week. Two Blue and I both are taking the Rams minus the four and a half on the road. A lot of other our road picks didn't really work. The Tennessees and some others. Um, do you like the Rams tonight minus four and a half at Oakland, Scotty? I think they win by a touchdown, so I say yeah. Okay, there you have it. I gotta let people know. Last but not least, before we head on now, you already know the advantage you get using DailyRoto.com. Okay, but go to DailyRoto.com/slash/betting, where you can use the wagering tools and projections from the computer masterminds that have won millions in daily fantasy sports. Okay, that is going to DailyRoto.com/slash/betting. Check it out. If you're serious about winning money this NFL season, you can't afford to not check this out. I also say because once again, it was in fact a Daily Roto subscriber who won the Millie Maker on FanDuel. Ryan Fitzpatrick, 42 points. Alvin Kamara, 38 plus. James Conner, 31 plus. Michael Thomas with 30. Kenny Stills, who your boy Speeds the Spitting Statistician was telling you about in DFS, 24 more and plus. Deshaun Jackson, 29. Rob Gronkowski, who got a touchdown, almost 20 points. David Johnson in the flex and the Miami Dolphins who returned the kickback for a touchdown. Scotty, that's what we do here with the Roto Experts exclusive edge fantasy football package with DailyRoto.com. With all of our products, we help people win their leagues and win that cash. Right, Scotty? That's what we do. Get your in-season exclusive edge package. Right now, my advanced scout for week two will be up today where I recap yesterday and look ahead to next week. Enter the king at checkout for a special discount. Absolutely. Tomorrow, we'll talk about not one, but two Monday night football games. We'll dive a little bit deeper into the waivers at each position to get you ready for week two. And we'll start a new fun and games that we do here, Scotty. Call it Game of Inches. We'll see um, who had the worst beat out there in the uh, internet, shall we say. But all that's tomorrow. Two games tonight. Roto experts in the morning. Have a great day, Scotty.